Welcome to the Be Their Dad Show. Becoming a father is one of the most rewarding yet challenging times life has to offer. One man has made it his mission to help fellow dads lead long, active lives with their kids. Here he is, your host, Miles Lundy. Hi guys, thanks for listening in to another episode of the Be There Dad Show. In this episode, I got a chance to interview Ian Hawkins, who is a leadership and development coach. On the show, we talk about how common it is for dads to spend so many years serving everyone else in their needs that they can forget what they really want in their lives. We go through his three-step process to fixing this issue, which first talks about getting clear on your priorities, then knowing what you want to have happen in your life, and then third, discovering your key strengths. It all comes down to the basic idea, really, that if you don't put on your oxygen mask first, then you can't really help anyone else. We also throw around some good Jim Rohn quotes when talking about the importance of personal development and get ready for the moment when I totally nailed an impersonation of Jim. We finished the interview by talking about Ian's morning routine, which includes this crazy thing I've never heard of before called oil pulling, as well as his parting message to be patient with yourself. Ian, welcome to the podcast, my man. It's great to have you on. G'day, Miles. How are you going? Yeah, man. Fantastic. Uh, let's start off. People who don't know you out there, um, can you give us a bit of a brief summary about yourself and, and your background, what you're about? Absolutely. Uh, so, married, two, two children, um, sports nut. Uh, I've, always, I've always been a coach, so from a very young age, since a, a teenager, uh, and that's really um, flowed on to, to what I've done in other parts of my life as well. And what's uh, love help, love what sport? Love helping people. Uh, so I've, oh, I still play basketball, but as a as a youngster, it was uh, soccer, football in the in the winter, cricket in the summer. But I played everything. I dabbled in a bit of um, all sports, really. Yeah, love it all. Fantastic, and um, obviously become a uh, career man at some point. Yeah, so funnily enough, so I did a um, degree in teaching, which was human movement, so PE, education. And, um, and then when I left, I was, I was pretty, it was pretty clear I wasn't going to be a teacher after doing my first prac because uh, teenage kids are just relentless. But I, I sort of fell into TV. And after doing TV and then doing a fair bit of travel, um, I got a job at Fox Sports. So again, the sports theme continued. And, um, yeah, so, and then did, I worked at Fox Sports for a long time before I was able to uh, move out and do my own thing. Fantastic, man. All right. Tell me, uh, you're an eighties, you're an, uh, eighties baby, eighties child, right? So what's your favorite song growing up? Uh, you know, whatever you can think of the nineties are usually the ones that come up the most, but whatever you can, whatever you can, whatever, uh, resonates with you. What, what is it? You had to pick one song. Oh, as in my favorite? Oh, oh sure, goodness. sure. Favorite or the one that comes to mind that was something maybe well, that, perhaps, you know. The, I can remember my first ever favorite song and that was uh, a song by Split Ends, so a uh, New Zealand band, um, I Got You. Mm-hmm. And that was just, yeah, for whatever reason, that's just one that stuck with me. Um, I, yeah, it's still a good song. I listen to it, not, I don't listen to it a lot, but um, my music taste has certainly expanded a lot since then. 100%. What's that song remind you of? What's it take you back to? Um, yeah, being a, being a child, sitting around watching Countdown. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it was a, it was a music show on, like a, on a Saturday afternoon here in Australia. Um, the fa- often, you know, with only a few channels, the family would gather around and find out what the top song, you know, would do the countdown. 
to, to what the top song was and, and they had live um, bands playing as well. I don't know how live it was. It was probably probably lip sync, right? But, uh, but yeah, just one of those um, iconic events for Australian families, I think. 100%. And you probably had one of those big, ugly box TVs as well that sat on the floor with like the... Yeah, the, the wood Tim, timber. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the veneer, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And um, the youngest always had to sit there and change the channels. Uh huh. Yep. Hundred yep. percent. Yeah. I know that one well. Uh, well, let's get into things. Any of yourself going into fatherhood? What was that like? Was it a smooth transition for you? Where were you at in life just prior to, and then having kids, and then what did that look like after? Shortly after. Um, just a natural progression. Uh, for my wife and I, we both, um, so I'm one of five and she's one of three. So we were always going to have kids. Um, my wife, Kate, was determined to have hers before she was 30. And, and so we did that. Um, we we're blessed that all that came really quite easily. We we're, were at a point where we were well and truly ready. We'd, we'd probably, we'd done all our um, partying and, uh, and all of that sort of thing. And, and we were at a point where we we're um, starting to slow down and we're, we're probably first of our friends so um, trailblazers in a way and, and I can remember the challenges of, of them not fully understanding the shift that we had to make in terms of um, we couldn't just go and do all the things that we wanted to do previously and then watching them go through that a few years later and then um, me have a bit of a chuckle at how uh, how then they had a greater understanding but no no appreciation of what we went through previously I don't think well none that they actually said to us um, so the experience for us was good. Um, my, f- my first was a, was a girl and she, um, she was a, a really good kid. I was lucky enough that I, was, um, I would finish work in the um, early afternoon and get to pick her up. So I had a lot of that time with her, which was really cool. Um, she wasn't the best sleeper, which had its own challenges because I, I was always a big sleeper. So what it taught me very quickly is I didn't need as much sleep as I needed as I thought I needed and yeah I got, I got much better at um at um getting more done on less sleep and and still being productive so it's um, definitely a rite of passage for dads as their old parents in general I mean um but yeah, yeah. You, you just you know there's no other choice you have to do it and you don't yeah. know what you're in for it until it happens like you said you know with your friends not understanding that like I could totally understand how old are you when you had your first then uh 32 yep so yeah and if your other friends haven't had them yet like it's just you just can't explain it you know like i there's no way someone could explain to me and you know before having kids what it would actually be like and how hard it would be on the sleep and you know um giving up you know some other uh extracurricular activities or your saturday afternoons or you know whatever um yeah yeah, i can definitely see that happening 100 percent yeah, and I can remember it being um, probably the first moment where thinking to myself, okay, I actually need to be doing better than what I'm doing in my life because you suddenly think, okay, I'm responsible for this person. I want to give them the best opportunity. And I'd, I'd, been, I'd been really cruising pretty much in my life. And so um, when yeah, you have that first child, then you have a real shift in mindset. And I think when, when I had a, we had our boy... Um, like two and a half years later, then it really um, further emphasizes that need to, to start making some changes. Yeah, it can really light a fire, fire under you. I know for me, we, um, yeah, I actually shifted careers in entire, like an entirely different industry um, just so I could be around the kids more because I was doing a lot of personal training run my own business. And um, during that time, you know, I was working quite a lot of hours, which, you know, when you, when you don't have kids and you just have each other, like your wife and that, you know, it's, 
you know, you got your weekends to do whatever you want and, you know, you can still have your downtime when you need it. Um, but then having the kids like, and I didn't, you know, wasn't able to see my daughter when she, you know, I had a daughter as well first and wasn't able to see her as much. It barely, like within a year, I was like, I can't, yeah, this isn't happening anymore that I got to yeah. change for me. So yeah, I can resonate with that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, and so where did you kind of shift into uh, career wise? So what, what was the change there? I'd be interested to hear a little bit about that. Uh, there's a few a few defining moments. I remember we did a a, um, a workshop with uh, Wayne Pierce, who um, at the time was not that far finished from his career in um, rugby league, um, and he was doing a lot of team building work. And that that you know having goals and and having plans and so on that that sort of stuck with me. But I also didn't know how to do much changing at that point. Um, so are you talking like career the whole way through or just my career to where I'm at now? Well, oh, I'll just be curious, kind of, uh, you said, you know, you realized you had to make a change. Um, I assume that, you know, as part and parcel with your career as well and where you're heading with that. Yeah, that absolutely. Side. So like I said before, I spent, a lot of, I spent a lot of time drifting. So, you know, I was always a hard worker. I was never extending myself to, to sort of grow my career. Um, I'd naturally fall into lead, I'd naturally fall into leadership roles because you know that was the sort of person I was from from my sporting background, um, but I hadn't I hadn't really progressed and and it was the first time where I go okay I need to actually make some changes. Unfortunately for me, I didn't really know how to, and so I, I, I got stuck for a fair while, um, and it wasn't until um, so a year later, so my daughter was only uh, not even one. And then my dad passed away. So um, 13 years ago now, but it was another one of those moments that, um, yeah, it really smacks you in the face and says, all right, life's not forever. Um, you need to do something about this. Um, but then similar thing happened was I, I had this great desire to change. I just didn't know how. So I spent a fair bit of time then trying to work really hard to progress having you know mixed results but not really um moving forward how i wanted to and it wasn't until um gfc hit and then i think it was about a year later and i was talking to my um my sister-in-law and again it's one of those moments i can vividly remember and she was saying how her father was still working because he's super um and for the australian audience well for the non-australian audiences that sort of pension um, from their work, um, they they weren't able to. He wasn't able to retire because that had crashed with the markets. And I remember just sitting back, going, "That makes no sense." So we put all this money for our retirement, and then we're at the mercy of the markets. And I'm just like, "Okay, I've got to do something about this." So I started asking questions and seeing, you know, financial advisors and a whole lot of different things. And and um, I'm forever grateful for an email my brother sent me because I, I reached out to him as well. And it was, um, he didn't push me on anything, which was good because if he pushed me, I might have resisted. But it was just, you know, oh, yeah, this is a guy who you know, builds wealth through property, be worth reading. And, and um, when I signed up for this, this guy's um, newsletter, he gives you a whole lot of free audio. And this audio was, yes, it was about property, but most of it was about mindset. And suddenly I'm like exposed to this whole new world of, um, personal development and, and how you can improve yourself and I can remember still those those drives to work cringing as I was listening to some of these things going how am I how on earth am I going to be able to do these things but but also genuinely excited about 
okay, now we're heading in the right direction. And so I just absorbed as much of his stuff as I could. And I reached out to him personally and said, what else have you got? And then, then he uh, introduced me to Jim Rohn. And so then um, Jim Rohn, like the, the forefather of uh, personal development gurus, I guess. I know Tony Robbins spent a lot of time with him. Um, I listened to everything I could of that and over and over again on repeat to the point where I just knew this, this stuff back to front. And that was really the kick I needed to, to start learning these messages. Um, and at the same time, um, I, I did a program from this guy, Michael, who was a, a property uh, mindset expert. And we went to, I went to a, um, a, one of his events and he, he made his offer at the end of the day, like they do at these events. And I just remember it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I've got to do this. And I also knew when I got home, my wife would say, you know, you've been sold to. And I knew I was being sold to, but I also was just so, um, I was so committed to this. And when I went up to the front of the room and he, and he asked me, and I explained my situation and how you know, I was going to have to have this conversation with my wife, he said, well, why do you want to do this? And, and it just sort of came out of me without me even having a thing. And I said, because I'm sick of being mediocre. And it was like, oh, wow, where did that come from? But it was like, yeah, that's exactly where I was. And so um, I was on this journey now of personal development and um, absolutely loving it. That's amazing. And for those who don't know the great, uh, the late great uh, Jim Rohn, do you have a favorite quote? Because he's got a lot of them. He's got a million of them. Um, and he's got a cer- certain way he speaks, which is just hilarious in a way. It is hilarious, also, yeah. Also, I think, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but it's like it gets in your head and you remember it more, I think. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I remember I, I stumbled across his stuff. I don't know when. It was a while back. I heard Tony Robbins first, and then I heard a Jim Rohn afterwards for me. Um, and, yeah, I remember listening to it. And I'm like, who is this guy? And in the way, you know, it's like, Annie's in my pocket. You know, he's got, yeah. <laughs> you know, creditors calling. And just the way he <laughs> talks is just hilarious. Anyways, do you have a favorite quote or, or anything for, of, of his that uh, comes to oh, mind? Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm probably paraphrasing, but it's um, along the lines of everything gets better when you get better. Mm-hmm. So essentially the message is don't try and change everything outside of your control. If, if you continue to improve, then everything around you will improve. And that's still something that I'm a massive believer in because it's exactly how it happens. Yeah, ex- exactly. And again, uh, the, you know, the way he puts it, I remember him talking about that um, specifically in one of his audios uh, or videos. And, you know, he says just just the way he kind of the way he delivers it is um, you know the market was about the same my friends were about the same and then yet he became this millionaire he's just basically describing how his first kind of whatever six years of of working life seven years of working life um, he was basically financially broken in the next seven years he made became a millionaire and what what changed well the market was the same the people were the same you know, the, the money situation, you know, in general was, was the same. What's changed him, him inside, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I remember in the quote, he has something around that says, uh, don't become a millionaire for what you get, but for what you become. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's great stuff. So yeah, Jim Rohn. Good yeah. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's why so many people who win the lottery um, lose, lose the money because they don't uh, lift their mindset. Mm, 100%. Uh, I can remember when I was younger in my mid twenties, I did pretty well uh, personal training wise. Um, you know, I was in mid twenties, no, no kids, no house to worry about, um, you know, fairly cheap rent and all that. And I was making, you know, seriously good money 
in a very short period of time. And then I just lost it. Like I just blew it all, you know, I don't know, like now, you know, I would absolutely squirrel that money away and, and put it towards something or, or put it toward a development program or, you know, like something to improve or obviously something for the kids or, or whatever. But back then it was just like, I was not ready for it. So I was just, you know, throwing it left, right and center. And, you know, um, I remember I very quickly went from a high bank account to like pretty much nothing. I was slacking off on my work and all those kinds of things. So my mindset wasn't ready for that at that time. Yeah, and I can relate to that. So my first job in TV, I was on um, freelance rates, so earning good money for someone just out of uni. And my vice was poker machines. And it didn't make any sense to me sober, but if I was drinking, I'd be sliding notes into those things. Like, like it's embarrassing. It really is. I can joke about it now. But I remember used to getting my um, bank statement in two envelopes because they weren't um, they weren't there was too much to fit in one envelope because I would go to the bank like, oh, I'll just, just get one more 50 out and then and then do that five times in an evening. It's like, yeah, horrific, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, like, it's, it's the stuff you learn. I mean, you you got to go through these things in order to grow and develop. So, yeah, totally understand. Yeah, it's, it is embarrassing, but it's, you know, it's part of our journey in life. And it's, I think it's part about being real as well. It's like we're not trying to pretend that, you know, where we're at now, not that we're at some amazing heights necessarily, but where we're at now isn't like, it's always been perfect and it's always rosy and peachy keen and everything's great. So yeah, it's good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's fast forward now into kind of what you're in at the moment. Um, tell me a bit about, um, I know you've got a movement going at the moment, what you are into and I know it's yep. around the mindset stuff as well. So would really love to hear because the, um, the dads that I um, am talking to and the ones that we're trying to serve uh, really we're focusing around either physical health or mental health or both. Um, and cause they're both so important. And so the mindset is obviously such a significant um, part in that. Um, and I know recently I had on a podcast guest, I know, uh, Peter Borda, as I'm sure, you know, and he yeah. was, he was a wealth of, uh, well, he was just, you know, as he is energy. jacked up and excited and, you know, like he just wouldn't, wouldn't stop all, all go, no quit. Um, so yeah, yeah. he was good from that mindset point of view. Um, but yeah, really keen to hear kind of what, where you're at in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my, my business journeys had uh, a few different forms. Um, I went with the sport theme originally and again, it was a natural fit for me. It wasn't a natural fit <coughs> as it, <coughs> pardon me, as it played out, it wasn't such a natural fit. Um, I started with kids and then moved to sort of high performance athletes. And, and while I had some good results with some high performing athletes, a lot of this mindset stuff they do naturally or they've learned it. They've, the reason they've got to the level they've got to is because they've, they've had a great mindset. Um, <clears throat> so while I enjoyed that, it was pretty clear that uh, that wasn't for me. And so um, at one point I was coaching exclusively dads because of my own journey and that made sense to me. In the last couple of years, I've started to get really clear by speaking to former clients, people I've coached, to find out what are, what outcomes I've been able to help them achieve. And, and what it worked out is that I, I spent so many years drifting and I made this progress in, in certain areas. So that's my focus now because that's yeah, the people I've been helping, particularly in corporate, who were male and female, not necessarily even parents, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I, I'm looking at this wrong. And so what, what I eventually worked out is my own journey, and this is what I help people with now, is getting direction because I, I had no idea where I was going. So I was completely lost. So I help people who are feeling stuck get direction. Um, I help them to get the confidence to actually then work towards that direction. Because again, I, I was a shy kid, even though I was a people person, 
I, I so much wanted to connect with people, just didn't have the confidence. So when I started to work that out at a, at a very late age in my 30s, I'm like, I wonder how many people are going through this sort of thing. So I know how to help people in that area because I've, I've done it and I've walked that path myself. And then it's once you have those two things in place, direction and confidence, then you can start growing. And that's when all that personal development and mindset stuff really comes in because it's like, well, you can get to where you, you've, you've now built this really exciting vision for your future. Well, now we need to go through some really um, cool processes to help you to get there. And then ultimately, with those three things, it allows you to have a deeper connection with not only yourself, importantly, but everyone around you. And so they're my four key outcomes, which, which I know so well. And it's funny, it took me so long to reach that level. There's a certain level of knowing. And when I told people, you know, that's where the journey had taken me, like those who knew me well went, like, yeah, we could have told you that five years ago. But sometimes you need to go through these processes to, to actually um, to find, find your way. Yeah, I love that, man. It's, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that resonates on so many different levels of that, you know, you, I get really, I'm a really impatient person. And when I, I'm, uh, I'm actually not impatient. But when I, when I work out, there's something I want, I get so impatient. It's like, I want it this moment, it cannot wait another second. Now that I've realized it's what I want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, that journey of having to wait, you know, not wait, but just grow and develop and figure it out over a number of years. Like it's, I, I, um, I've on that same, I've been on that same journey as well. I think that never ends at some, at some level. Um, uh, I, I think at some, at some point, hopefully you find peace with yourself and you, and you work out that process for you, whatever that is. But, um, yeah, once I figured out, it's like, I want it now. I can't wait. I now know this is the thing I want to do. You know, like I need to go, I need to go. But then, you know, you look back and you think, God, if I wasted the last couple of years still kind of pondering and figuring things out and, and failing and trying things and failing. And, but it's just part of the process of, of, of growing and developing. Absolutely. And, and you raised an interesting thing there. And I, and I think it's something that, that I've been aware of watching your journey, Miles, is that um, you, you look like you're quite creative and, and, a, and a quite a visual thinker. So, so people who are um, able to see that big picture so clearly in their ha head can have a level of impatience because like, I've seen this, I, I, want, I just want it. And so one of the tools that I use now is, is something that was so transformational for me is really tapping into what those natural skills are and realising that's not a curse, it's actually it's your ticket to, to go to the next level. And so um, that, that's a, you know, we, I know you, you talk a lot about health, so, so massive for um, mental and emotional health to know what are the activities and, and how do you operate best that's going to bring you energy. And, um, yeah, so I might touch a bit more on that um, further when um, we get to more around that, that health element. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a good time to, to touch on that given I could see how energised you, you get just by talking about um, big picture visions. Oh man, I just, you know, I love it. So look, uh, let's, let's, like, let's dive into that. I, I want to provide as much value. I mean, this isn't like a therapy session for me, <laughs> but I'd like to provide as much value as we can to um, anyone out, out there listening um, who's going to hear this. And say you got someone that, um, you know, they're, they're kind of frustrated with things or don't really know where they're going. You know, it's the, happens to a lot of dads. You, you just get to that point, you look at yourself in the mirror and go, fuck, like what's, what am I doing? Like, what am I going? Like, I love my family and all that. And I don't want to sacrifice, you know, their time and energy, but I just feel like I'm letting myself down. And because of that, I'm letting that, letting them down. Like where, where would you start someone? Can you just maybe um, provide, you know, some, some input on what you think that process would look like to, to help them? Absolutely. So the, the first 
um, starting point for me and what I'm suggesting to people is getting um, a real clear on what your priorities are in life. So often as dads, um, we put ourselves way down the list and we focus on maybe our kids first, um, maybe our partner, maybe our career. I know that's a big one for a lot of dads. And then we get dragged into all these other things that maybe they're not even on our list of priorities. So when you get clear on what your number one priority is, and, and I'm sure you, you would have this same belief that we have to, you know, that analogy, you have to apply the oxygen mask to yourself first because you can't, you can't help people if you're not breathing. So number one of, of anyone's list, but particularly for us parents, should be our own personal well-being at the very top because when, if we're turning up at our best, we can be the best partner, we can be the best parent, best dad, we can provide best for everyone in our extended family and network and friends, and then it flows onto our career as well. But so that that'd be absolutely the first step. And then it's about starting to get clarity on, okay, well, I'm in this space now, but I'm so focused on what's going wrong. Do I know what it looks like when things are going right? And so, okay, have a think about that. What what is it that you do want in your life? And that can be quite a challenging question, even though the, the simplicity of it. A lot of people go, yeah, I don't even know, or they've forgotten. It's been spent so long sort of serving everyone else's needs or, or just battling to get through the day-to-day that they're not even sure. So, so they're, they're the, the two, again, seems oversimplified, but, it, but it's where you need to start. 100%, yeah. And uh, again, in previous, it's just a common thread that happens. In the previous uh, podcast uh, guests I've had on, they would very much say similar things of, you know, you need to figure out your values. You need to figure out what you want. Even the, even the person or the people that I've, I've interviewed that don't have a process, they're just, you know, not just, but they're a dad. They're not a mindset person, it, but how they figured it out was by following this kind of natural process of like, well, what do I really need here? Because um, I know one guest in particular I had on, he was, you know, the old thing like, he looked at himself in the mirror. He said he would regularly look at himself in the mirror, and but he wouldn't see himself as he was. He thought he would still be. He, he thought of himself still as the twenty-year-old, you know, very strong, um, you know, able to do anything kind of thing. And then one day, he kind of looked in the mirror, and he like saw himself for what he was. He goes, "Oh shit! Like what? What am I doing? What what what's happened here?" And for him, that was like a yeah. pinnacle moment to go, "Oh, okay, light bulb moment. Like this need this really. I need to change this. This is not working." For me on any level um and it's not working for my family and, and that kind of stuff so i think even though you're saying it's it's oversimplified what you're saying it, it's i mean that's i think that's like the natural laws of life right like the stuff that's the most simple it's like yeah yeah i've heard that before what else you got well have you applied that first really applied it because yeah. if, you ha- if you haven't there's no point in talking about other fancier interesting stuff um mm. just so you can accumulate more knowledge if you're not applying the most basic stuff at the right level then let's stop there and, and address that first yeah, and, and one of the key elements, as again, a, a great Jim Rohn thing, is the power of the written word. Um, because if you've got it in your head, it's just a jumble of thoughts with the other 100,000 thoughts you have every day. So you've got to get that clarity and, and get it down somewhere, whether it's on paper or, or typed up somewhere. Because if you don't, then you haven't, yeah, like you said, you haven't applied it. And then getting it down is one thing, but actually living it's another. If you have it written down there and you have that truth in your mind, it becomes easier when you're faced with those decisions to say, this is not even on my list of priorities. 
I had, I had a client say that to me. He said, he said, um, and I hadn't had anyone sum it up that well, but he said, I was, I was, I was doing something um, the other day and, and I realized, yeah, not only, not only do I put things out of order so often, but I'm, I'm forever doing things that aren't even on my priority list. And it's like he suddenly had one of those light bulb moments where he's like, yeah, okay, this is why I'm battling in so many of the important areas because I'm throwing my energy and, and effort into things that just aren't important to me. I think that's a lot of, you know, again, a lot of truth in that for most of us. I mean, I could, I was just thinking, recollecting about, you know, uh, for, for a period of time there, I'd watch a lot of uh, Netflix or, you know, play some Xbox and then, but I'd do it and be like, okay, I'm looking forward to playing that or watching, you know, whatever series. And I'd get like five minutes in it and be like, yeah, I'm going to finish this, but I don't know. You know, this isn't really yeah. doing anything for me, but you know, I don't want to do anything like what else am I going to do kind of thing. And then once I started working out, well, actually there is a, you know, a bigger picture out there for me of, of something I really passionate about what do I want to do. Um, then it was the, um, you know, the back and forth thing of like, well, I want to do it, but I also want some downtime and, and relax and, you know, not do anything. But then I would do that and not actually enjoy it because I'd be like, well, this isn't really fulfilling me or doing like, I'd get to the end and I'm like, well, I guess that's the end of that day. Uh, I'm not sure what I did there, but okay, I'll try again yeah. tomorrow, you know? So it was a lot yeah. of happening. Yeah. For the, um, what would you say is the next step? So say someone gets clarity, like, okay, you know, I want to start working on this area of myself, you know, um, they've got that idea. How, how do they kind of, uh, structure that and bring that into like an actual, um, you know, how to bring that fruition, I guess. Well, that's that. Yeah. That confidence I mentioned before. So one, one of the, that I mentioned the transformational tool that I was discovered was, um, I remember listening to this audio where this guy talking about, um, you know, different personalities have these amazing skills, but they also have these challenges. And when I was listening to him to describe, you know, the type of personality that I have, and it was like, um, really good in conversations, smaller groups, but their challenges are if, if you're not given structure, then left to your own devices to try and create that structure, you can get completely lost. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly where I, where I am. And it was like permission to be who I am. So that's, that's a real key element for me. What, working out for, for each person that I work with, what, what is it that is their makeup? What is it that actually has them performing at their best? And what are those areas that are, are quite challenging so that they can shift how they operate to focus on those strengths. So, so often, and I used to do this too, like, okay, I've got to get my weaknesses better. The, the solution there is not to get those weaknesses better because as one of my bosses said to me, um, and I can still remember this quote, I remember talking to him when, when he first started saying, um, okay, well, what, what sort of things do you recommend for leadership? And, and the key one was don't use, use your staff's key strengths. Don't, don't try and take their... Um, their weaknesses um, up to an A level because you'll only get them from a C minus to perhaps a B plus. Oh, sorry, you, you might sorry you might get them to a C to to maybe a B minus. You won't you won't get them any further than that. Find out what they do is their A level strengths and take that to an A plus or an A plus plus because that's where we're going to get the best results. And I was learning that same thing about myself at the same time, and I was like, yeah, that that sums it up perfectly. So. So when you can really tap into what that is and then learn how you can leverage that skill by, well, I can do this. So for me, I'm a networker, right? So someone says they need, they're a dad and they need fitness. I think of you and I think of Pete and I think of a whole lot of other people because that's how my, 
and my mind naturally goes. So I use that skill to my benefit by doing referring people to, to different things. Um, for other people, it might be they, they're great with the vision. For other people, they might be more detailed focus. Some people are great at um, nurturing. So it's finding out what that thing is and, and really, as um, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you double down on your strengths. And he, said, he, said, abs- he says like triple, quadruple, you know, you, yeah. can't, you can't do more than you can to double, like to, you know, there's not a number in which you can't do more of on the strengths, like maximize that 100%, forget the, forget the rest or delegate it or find a partner, um, a joint venture, you know, a someone yeah. to, to do it with. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so for me, that's always the next step because that gives, yeah, that, that permission to be human, permission to be who they are. And, and having that level of self-acceptance to go, yeah, okay, well, maybe all those things that I beat myself up about, um, I don't need to. We're all wired differently. We all have different skills. And if we look at um, all our relationships and all the different situations when we come in contact with people, we think, okay, I'll try and, um, you know, treat someone how um, I want to be treated. And, and so there's an element of truth to that, but actually you want to treat someone how they need to be treated because we all have different needs. And so a different personality has a greater need. So I have a really strong need for connection and I have a really strong need for variety. So, so those two things have to be a massive part of my life. Otherwise, I'll get to that point of um, blockage. But for everyone, they have more preference for, for other needs. Maybe it's um, certainty, maybe it's um, uh, significance for growth. There's, there's so many different elements to it. So yeah, that, for me, that's next step. Because, because when you find what your strengths are, um, so often we, we are in that point of being exhausted. When you find what your strength is, you realise that you get naturally energised by doing those things. And so often people will go, oh, my work just exhausts me. Well, maybe it's not actually working. It's just that you're in the wrong work. Like I, I was in detailed focus work for so many years wondering why it would exhaust me. It, it got me to a place of blockage. When I got more in conversation, and more leadership roles and, and just being able to chat for a living, like everything just unfolds, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that's great. What do you think? Because, you know, I think there's a point to the idea. Because um, I've heard the thing about, obviously, with Gary Vaynerchuk and, and lots of other people who say the thing about, you know, just focus on your strengths. Don't worry, you know, about the rest. Um, we're not not to worry about them, but you've got to, you know, mitigate them somehow um, as yep. well. So, but if you have um, key, you know, deficits that are actually stopping you from performing and delivering what you want to deliver, um, that are actually hampering and, and or hamstring or whatever you want to call it, your development or your performance, um, would you still suggest, like you said, bring it up from an F or a D to a C or and a B or or something like that, or or would you do you still just think? you know, don't even like, don't even try to improve it at all. Like just focus on that one thing that you can do better than most. Yeah. So there's going to be an element that you have to do some of those tasks if, if you're in an existing role or, or different parts of your life. Um, but it's starting when you start to identify what you do well, it's like, well, how can I bring that to my current role or my current relationships? So I, I wouldn't suggest doing any, a great amount of work trying to lift those strengths, uh, those weaknesses. Sorry, I, I'd be more looking. Okay, well, how can I, how can I, I've got to get this element done, but how can I now start to make shifts to have those things that challenge me a less part of my life? Um, and a, a relationship at home, for example, 
might be a time where you still need to to turn up in those spaces that don't necessarily um but there might be an area of weakness and there's an element of having to do that because you've got to connect with the person at their level so doing the best you can with with how you are but yeah it's 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 wasted energy to try and spend too much time developing those areas because it's not going to help you progress quickly it's actually just going to get you more frustrated does that make sense yeah absolutely well, that's great. Uh, shift over to um, your health. I'd love to hear kind of where you're at with, with your health. I think you're, you seem like a fairly healthy dude. What's your, how do you keep yourself healthy at, you know, as a dad and, you know, career or, or you know, uh, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call, um, whatever you want to call it. How do you kind of keep that balance for yourself? What, what's that look like? What's maybe talk through, you know, what a day in the life for you looks like or something along that line? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm big on process. So, um, I've, I know that when I'm, someone gives me a process to follow, then, then I thrive. And, and having been in an environment where I had leaders that weren't great at providing that for me, I've got good at creating my own. It takes me time. That's an area of, of weakness that I, that I probably have developed, but I, but I rather than try and recreate, I, I, or, sorry, create, I will, get, I will model off other people and go, um, okay, well, here's a, here's a process that I like. I'll just tinker with that and make it work for me. So when, when you have, for a typical day, when you have a routine for different parts of your day, then everything just can flow really well and unfold quickly. And when you take yourself out of that routine, then that's when you run into blockages. So um, that was something I identified at the start of this year. I'm like, why, why am I really battling here? And I'd gone away from my morning routine. I'd been, I'd, I was still doing the elements of the start of my day, but I, out of order, um, maybe not, not timely enough in the morning. So I went back to finding my routine and then rewriting it so i get up and i know exactly what i have to do um and so for me it's getting up and just going through my um routine with my um so i do some things which might be a bit foreign to people like uh oil pulling which is basically in the morning pulling out the toxins from your mouth uh, and then a few other sort of elements like that which are a bit out there but again that's just from my own journey hey hang on time out time out time out you can't you can't just say that and just gloss over and move on to the next thing. what the hell are you talking about tell me about this okay no. so so the theory is so what's it called again oil pulling oil pulling yeah okay so so in during the night so your body um uh, pulls so many toxins from and again, I don't know the exact size because I'm not a detailed person. I'm just a, a more of a feel person. And, and someone's, someone's told me this and it's worked for me. So um, uh, you uh, basically um, getting some like coconut oil, for example, um, which is, you know, it's not like you have to put some sort of oil, like a, olive oil could be, would, could be quite challenging, I imagine. But it's basically just, you know, like um, not quite gargling, but just swishing it around in your mouth for five to ten minutes. And that pulls out those toxins that have gathered in your mouth overnight. Um, and, then, and then not swallowing it, obviously, but actually just disposing of that. Um, and then rehydration, key thing. So it's removing the toxins, rehydrating, because overnight you know, there's been a big gap. So making sure I've got those two elements, um, mindfulness practice, so making sure I have that space for meditation because you know, for your physical, mental, and emotional health, meditation is so important because it gives you some space just to shut off from everything so when i first was exposed to this funnily enough in a sports book so paul ruse 
um, in his book with his wife, Tammy. Um, Tammy's a um, meditation teacher and she introduced this to some of the players and, um, and now it's more prevalent in sport, that mindfulness practice. Anyway, I, I started out and found that meditation quite challenging because it was like I meant to shut my mind off. And, but it's not that at all. It's just allowing yourself some space to breathe and to relax and just let your mind run. Um, obviously, there's deeper levels to it than that, but when you're first starting out, that might be the best way to go. Um, and then it's some exercise, um, something to eat, which for me is um, pretty simple smoothly. So smoothie, um, oats, uh, banana, chia seeds, uh, cinnamon, uh, a bit of almond milk. Um, yeah, so, so quite basic, but, but I usually pack enough oats in there that, that fills me up. Um, so yeah, food's a big thing. So I, I don't eat too much, um, junk food at all. I pretty much cut sugar out. Um, I used to have a lot of bread until I realized how much that impacted me. So I've changed that part of my diet. Um, what I would say is that I've, I've made quite drastic changes to my diet. It's been a six, seven year evolution. So if it's someone, if it's someone there listening, starting out in your journey, just start with one thing. So okay, maybe I'll change, I'll remove this and, and see, stick with it for a month because after a month you'll see like it'll take a while for that habit to go but once you've gone a month and then you realise how much better you feel, you'll go, I can't believe I, had, I was having that for so long. So there is an element of self-discipline to allow you to get to that point. Um, and then, so that's a, a bit about routine. Uh, the other part is making sure that... Um, some activity is part of your routine. So, so when I say exercise in my morning routine, that might be for two or three minutes. Maybe it's just doing some core work, um, just something basic to get the blood flowing. But in terms of my actual exercise, people ask me, well, what, what's the best exercise routine for me? It's the one that you're, that you're most likely to do. So I'm a variety sort of person. So I, I, I am at the gym where I do yoga. They've got a basketball court there, so I play some basketball up there because I, I, I still love that game. I run. Um, I like walking, um, I like walk the dog, that sort of thing, but, but it, just fitting in whatever you can. And, and, a, and a really good way of doing that, I found that the chin-up bar that you hang on the door, if you leave it up there for the day and every time you walk past, you just crank a few out, it's not even like you're exercising at all. <clears throat> so it's just finding ways to fit in um, bits and pieces into your existing routine, particularly if you're busy, <clears throat> pardon me. And, and if I use another example from a, from a past client, there was a guy... Um, I coached um, early last year, he, he found out about this Go Ruck challenge where they wear rucks. It's big in the US. He's from the US. Um, and they wear rucks with weight and they do these exercises um, like they were you know, doing some sort of adventure. So he had this in his, in his office. He would put his, his backpack on with a few bricks in there and he would do these, his push-ups and whatever else with this weight and he found that just to fit in five minutes in his office at work to do these things. So yeah, you can fit in little, little bits of exercise here and there. It's easy to make excuses, but it's, it's also easy to, to squeeze in um, work when, when you're determined to make some changes. Mm. Well, that's great. So I guess the big thing for you would say then is the morning routine. So it's waking up, you're doing the oil pulling, which I'm definitely going to have to look up. That's a new one for me. That's sweet. So I've learned that today. It's amazing. 
um, yeah, hydration, um, then mindfulness, obviously doing your meditation. How long do you meditate? Four or five, 10, 20 minutes? What do you? 20 minutes, yeah. 20 minutes, yeah. So yeah. 20 minute meditation. Um, and then obviously um, some, some form of exercise, some length can be anywhere from two minutes to whatever. Yeah. And, and making sure you're fitting an activity in during your day as well. So um, finding ways yeah, absolutely. to incorporate it into your day. No, that's, that's great, man. Well, fantastic. Um, anything else that you wanted to share while, while we have you? Um, I, I would say that for, for all people starting out in their journey, that just to be patient with yourself, it, there's, there's going to be times where you have setbacks. Um, I still have heaps of setbacks. I had a, quite a challenging month in, um, in February. Um, and for me, it was just remembering to go back to what works for me. Um, and so, yeah, just keep working and moving forward but yeah just be patient as well because it because it can be a, a quite a challenging shift if you've done the same thing over and over for a lot of years and you're wanting to be to be making changes and um, and the other thing is to to make sure that you get help with whatever you're trying to achieve so um if you're in miles's community and you're looking to change um some fitness habits then yeah listen to him because um that was the the real transformation for me is too stubborn to get help, so I would try and do everything on my own and get nowhere. Whereas now I know that if if I get someone to help me, so I've got a I've got a coach um, in in mindset. Um, I've got a coach for my my property and investing. I've got a coach for business, um, that, and I and I seek out help in a lot of different areas to continue to move forward. And it's it's I don't know if it's Jim Rohn or Les Brown. Oh, Les Brown, definitely. Um, get help not because you're weak, but get help because you're strong and you want to become stronger. Mm. And for me, that gives me tingles, that quote, because it's like, yeah, like, like if you're listening to this, you're stronger than you believe you are. You might just need a little bit of help to get you to that next level. So, yeah, if you're in Miles' group, reach out because he's going to be able to steer you in the right direction. That's fantastic. And I was just trying to recap on also your um, process for, you know, figuring out where, what you want to do and, and that kind of thing. So you were saying first, it's kind of, is it getting clarity is the first one or is it like understanding your values and that kind of thing? What, what was it? The, what was the first step? The, yeah. The, the priorities, the priorities, yeah. getting those right. Yeah. And it's the confidence, yep. confidence thing, build that. And then so, work out so your priorities. Direction. Yeah. So, so priorities and then direction. So, so what does good look like for your life? Yep, and you can do that at a big picture level, but all the better if you can break that down into s smaller pieces as you can. And yeah, yeah, the confidence thing, which allows you to go and um, go and get it, go and achieve all those things that you've now built in um, and written down to that you want in your life. Mm, fantastic, man. Well, pre really appreciate you coming on. It's been great to chat to you, and um, yeah, obviously, uh, I think you definitely practice what you preach. We've had a few chats before. And so 100% agree with the things that you're saying and that you're actually also applying them in your own life. So that's uh, great, man. You're a great inspiration. And it was great to uh, have a chat to you and great to have you on today. Thanks very much for having me on, Miles. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I really enjoyed chatting with you. It was, and it was great to, it's always good to, to relive some of um, those moments because then I can also realize for myself how far I've come, which is, which is always um, which is always a good thing. So yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and um, keep up the good work, mate. That's this week's episode of the Be Their Dad Show. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.